This is The Stash, and you're listening to the Business Bottom Line podcast, coming to you from the jewel city of the mountains, Greenville, Tennessee. We're in the foothills of the Smokies, talking business with people just like you who are responsible for the bottom line, sharing business tips to inspire, inform, and improve and turn your bottom line from red to black. And today we have a special guest joining us from the locale of Greenville, Tennessee, Nathan Dickerson, and he's the general manager, CEO, and all the other titles we can put on him for Catalyst Coffee Company. Welcome, Nathan. Thank you, Bill. Very glad to be here. Well, I'm glad you're with us. I've been wanting to have you on for a while, and I know you've been so busy. We respected that, but we couldn't wait any longer, so... Uh, tell me, I, I know the answer to this, but you got to tell me, are you an Android or an iPhone guy? Oh, you definitely know the answer to this. I am an iPhone guy, and I'm pretty sure we've had this conversation many times. But I I will say it does kind of depend on what you want to do. That's true. That's true. But you could still do everything on an iPhone you would do on your Android. That, that is true as well. Better. That's true. Well, well, we don't have to argue. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Well, just because of our conversations, actually, Bill, I did. I I did once Google a whole article on pros and cons to both. Yeah. Uh, Oh well, let's not go any deeper into that subject. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to ask you to tell me a little bit about your family, and as you do that, just give me a little bit of history, not so much current family, but a little bit of history, because we've mm. known each other for a while now. Yes. Well, it depends on what kind of history you want, because when you ask what comes to mind, it's actually a recent conversation with my grandfather mm. on my mom's side, where I finally said, you know what? I've been wanting to know what our history is. Turns out, I am English royalty. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like, not like kingship, but our family's yeah. name apparently is in the Book of Kings, because we were managers for royalty so we are i don't know how how to explain it exactly but i don't know if you want me to go that far well that's a cool connection i have to say i haven't had anybody on that's been connected to royalty before we had a castle okay doesn't exist anymore we have a crest okay um but then also cherokee indian so native to this particular land in general as well so well that is very cool connected to both places deep Mm -hmm. Which is why I am pale and have red hairs. <laughs> but I wish I had gotten more of the pigmentation from my other side. Because mm, mm. I burn. Okay. I burn pretty easy. Oh, oh. So. Well, I, I do today. I haven't always. But, uh, <laughs> I, have to, I think I have a... Uh, what history I know is probably Welsh. Is mm. where my distant relatives are from. So... Mm. Uh, fair skinned too. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Hopefully when that I, answered your question. I did, the, you know, and it, of course it all depends on how long you stay in the sun. If you stay out there long enough, it's going to change. Cause when I was dating my wife, her aunt thought I was Mexican. Wow. Because I stayed out with no shirt on all the time. And I was so brown. She thought I was Mexican. Hmm. So anyway. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah. Uh, I peel pretty. Yeah. Yeah. But, but today I can't do that because I would, probably be in the doctor's office but anyway tell me uh if you've read a good book lately or what your favorite book is i know you read a lot Mm, well i read a lot of one thing okay and i pretty much don't like reading apart from that one thing um i've been told that 
that learners are readers. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess that means I'm not a learner because I, I do not like reading. <laughs> I am very much media, digital, photography, mm-hmm. videography. I love movies. I love shows. I love watching it. And then when it comes to learning, I love talking it talking about it i'd rather sit down with the person who wrote the book and just talk about it Mm -hmm. but i do in fact love recently come to have love reading my bible Mm -hmm. so i do a lot of that and then found myself reading more than just the bible because it's very complex and i needed wiser sources (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so but but i've also definitely found the ability to watch videos about those things as well okay so Um, But I will say one of the books that changed me in high school, early in my Christian uh, Christian faith, was a book called Mere Christianity by Mm. C.S. Lewis. Very, very good. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's probably... Anyone's like, hey, you have a good book recommendation? I'm like, yeah, of course I do, because I have three. You know? (laughs) Oh, that's cool. That's cool. C.S. Lewis is a very influential writer and uh, writes some very uh, amazing things, but then some things that are very deep and Mm -hmm. uh, you have to read and then think about it for a while. And certainly mere Christianity is one of those that kind of reaches down deep into you to make you think Mm -hmm. about what it is we're doing in this world. Yeah. Chapter on pride is always stuck with me. So yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. I love his stuff. And that's a good one. That's a good one. I've got a library at home of not all of his writings, but certainly a lot of them. And I don't know what to do with it because it's like put up and, you know, <laughs> yeah, no one no one sure. gets books anymore. I was going to ask you, do, so because you like talking, listen, do you listen to audio books? No. No. no yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I don't listen to audio books, but I will listen to a podcast or like a YouTube video or yeah. something like that. At okay. A, I like but not just someone reading. Yeah. yeah. I, I prefer more like a um, debates maybe yeah. or like kind of interesting controversial make my mind think stuff okay um but i did put a few books on my list recently and have not even come close to getting to Mm. them Um, well it's hard i know you have a very busy lifestyle uh only well three jobs i know of i don't know how many others you have but uh (laughs) i had five at one point in my life i know i know you sound like my son when he was young because he did when he was in college he had multiple jobs all the time so Anyway, you you got to find a way to settle down a little bit from that, and, and I know you're trying and working on that, but uh, sure. you keep a tough schedule. Keep a tough schedule. And speaking of working all the time, what do you think about doing when you're not working? Do you have a hobby or something you really like to do? You know, for the last few years, I would say the answer would have been no. Would have been no. I don't. I didn't have a hobby because. I just found myself working a lot. Recently, though, I will say with my current position, I've found myself moving back into a particular one-focused job. Many facets, of, facets, of course, but trying to learn what it means to rest. Mm. Not very good at that. I think we've we've talked about that, too. Mm-hmm. We've talked we about have. so much, actually. <laughs> um, I guess that's what happens when you're an active and present elder in your church. Mm. Uh, so thanks for being that, Bill. But back to the question, I would say recently I've come back into a hobby I loved in high school. And this may sound crazy, but it's actually beatboxing 
the world of beatboxing. You know what beatboxing is? Bill? No, you're going to have to explain that to it's me. Making, I'm too old. Uh, when you use your mouth to make percussive sounds. Okay. Okay. Like, yeah, like beatboxing. Most people, boots and cats, right? Boots and oh. cats. And boots. But this is like much more complex. And it's just fascinating. And I've gotten back into it. It's really cool to me. Um, I'm a percussive guy. I played mm-hmm. drums, uh, some other yeah, percussion. Almost went to tap dancing once because I was just like, I can do drums every other way. I should learn how to do mm-hmm. this, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, found out that that was pretty difficult at my size. So <laughs> didn't do that. Um, so that's what I would say recently besides that hanging out with friends, okay. watching movies. So when you say you're doing that as a hobby, you're, you're like developing your skills and your talent in that, right? Is that what you're describing? Well, yes. Recently I started watching... Somehow just got back onto like it's called the Grand Beatboxing Battle. It's like the world champion battle for beatboxing, and it was just super cool and neat. And then I realized like how behind I had gotten on everything, and am now learning new sounds. And oh. I will spare you from doing any of them because most of them aren't done, or I've not perfected that skill or even really reached where i need to be well we may have to have you back on when you get this to a place where you want to demonstrate maybe Uh, yeah i did once perform in front of my on junior year of high school greenville high 1100 kids and i did a beatboxing performance wow so you don't have you don't have a a a handy video of that (laughs) no i don't think so (laughs) okay well that is i would say one of the most unusual hobbies uh, that I have been told that I have. <laughs> yeah. But that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll have to follow up on that later. I'll, I'll make you a beatboxer. How about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what that what that made me think of, and it, I don't know if it's even in the realm or not, but it made me think of what was done in music back in Motown era, hmm. uh, era excuse me, uh, when, when there was all these sounds done as part of the music in support of groups and singing, and I wondered if if it relates to that type of thing, hmm. because there was there was just some very interesting thing where groups would actually perform almost a, a complete uh, uh, ensemble song ensemble with no instruments, making different. Yeah. So I don't know if it's in that genre of, of things or Probably. not. But that's what it made me think of about the origin of beatboxing, really. Hmm. But most so a group most would know. Have you ever heard of pentatonics? Oh yeah, yeah. they're they're essentially a quasi acapella beatboxing group. Okay, so okay. so one to two of the guys are beatboxing, and then the rest are singing. Okay, okay. I thought that's what I was understanding, but I wasn't yeah. sure. That makes sense to me. Yeah. So I, I know it from yeah I know pentatonics, but I know it from what was going on in Motown too, because there was right. there's a lot of things there that that was at least in that yeah. similar genre. Okay, cool, cool. Well, let's talk about you. What's it like being you? Uh, and mm-hmm. and so start with, uh, since we're going to talk about the business part of it, uh, talk about kind of how you got where you are. Mm-hmm. Not a conventional story by any means. No, for sure. Um, how to make this concise. I would say a few things over the course of many years basically put me in the position of manager at Catalyst. Um, the first would be my conversion to Christian faith um, in early high school by a friend who was inviting me 
over and over and over and over and over for about a year to join him for a youth group, but I was always coming up with some excuse, right? I mean, like, oh, I got to... And then I would just kind of shake it off and move on with life. But one day he was like, hey, you know that girl that you have a crush on who's, like, really cute? I was like, yeah, what about her? He's like, she'll be there tonight. I was like, great. What time are we going? (laughs) But that brought me in to church. I found something there. I never experienced, accepted Christ, church camp that summer, October 31st, uh, on Youth Sunday, was baptized and became part of FCC. Now, years and years and years later, um, after graduating from college and still being a part of FCC as my home church and pretty much the church that I've known the most, I worked at Catalyst Coffee Company while also doing the other four jobs. <laughs> that's when <laughs> that was the time frame of that kind of coming back to Greenville. And that's a whole other story. Was in yeah. Nashville, came back, but here I am. And left Catalyst after about two years to go into a full time position at church for communications and then tech and then back to communications both for some of that time and then recently moved from fcc's communications position into the manager position at catalyst so i'm still a church staffer but now my location in my ministry is catalyst so that's how i got where i got very good. Without very good. boring you. Yeah, well, I know there's lots of details in there, but it, but it is an interesting story mm-hmm. because it's it's an unusual uh, arrival from, from where you've been. But all of those places uh, kind of helped prepare you in different ways for that, didn't they? It did, in a weird way. And it was definitely a God thing because when I came back from Nashville, you know, I did not want to be in Greenville. <laughs> I did not like Greenville. I did not want to be in Greenville. I was very much more like city-focused, lots of motion, lots of things. Um, coming back to Greenville was not necessarily my decision, um, but it happened, and God used that, and here I am about like six years later or something. Mm. I can't believe it's been six years since that. I think yeah oh yeah i graduated in 2016 so that was the fall of 2016 and now it's 2022 wow well the time has flown so quickly so yeah so so lots of experience and so so kind of give us a little bit of what's it like in a day of life a Mm. a day in the life of nathan a day in the life of nathan that would probably be what most would consider not enough sleep to start your day, <laughs> and and then um, I try and be up at around the time we open our shop every day, just in case something goes wrong or something happens. And then um, when I came, quick backstory: when I came to Greenville, back to Greenville, didn't want to be in Greenville. I was very much a forward planner, thinker, two weeks ahead, three weeks ahead, a year ahead, whatever. What God taught me over the last five and a half years is. You have to be faithful today, and you have to figure that out today. Do what you can today, and then trust me for the rest. And I was not there, and it took a lot of breaking. So what I do now is I get up after what most would probably consider not enough sleep and do what I feel like I can today. So that it always depends. I have a few goals that I will try and make sure happen every day. Scripture reading at night. Um, caring personally for my staff, caring personally for customers. 
and all that kind of looks a little bit different. And then in between all that, I deal with all the managerial roles and responsibilities from ordering food for inventory, helping on the floor, um, being available and just around helping set culture, um, bringing that kind of energy, doing store runs, buying things, responding to people who want um, to see if we want to partner with them or if we want to help donate something. Um, just, you know, if, if you're a manager, that, but in food, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, but the, there's a few things I always say, you know what, today I'm going to make sure this happens, and that's caring for my staff, um, being around enough to set a culture for them as well as interact with customers and regulars, and then um, reading my Bible at the end of the day. It's a pretty broad responsibility because it's you operate it as if you owned it. I mean, uh, I know you yes. approach it that way. Yes. It's like yours. And I, I want my staff to do that. Right. I want them right. to believe that this is their thing mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. it is. And I want them to hold that in their hands. This is my responsibility. Uh, you, you don't approach it as a job at all. No, I guess not really. Um, I mean, not about the mm-hmm. way you think about it anyway. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what ministry has done to me. Yeah. But yeah, someone said the other day they really enjoyed, they were leaving. So we kind of did an exit interview. They said they really enjoyed working at Catalyst and kind of in that culture that I was setting because it felt like they were volunteering for the church, Mm. but getting paid to do it. Yeah. (laughs) So that's an interesting way to express it. Maybe, maybe, you know, God has taught me something there I've not yet uncovered. So something to think about. Yeah. Yeah, sure is. Well, tell us tell us a little bit about Catalyst and its mission. Uh, we we don't want to mm-hmm. miss that because it's not just a, another little mini restaurant or something. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. Catalyst is not just a coffee shop. Actually, really, it doesn't matter to me if you view us necessarily as a coffee shop, but you should know that our medium is personally locally roasted coffee beans and we do that in the back of the church um so that's the first thing we roast our own beans because we care about our product (laughs) 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 i'm pretty sure they actually almost named callist holy grounds but (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay but uh yeah callist was more of a missional statement and i'll get there in a second but yeah yeah, so we roast our (laughs) beans and besides that we're a ministry uh we are a ministry who uses the medium of beans to service our community and give back to other nonprofits that are already doing the work. So Catalyst's mission was not to come in, start our own thing, get our own demographic of people we're going to help, but instead use coffee, which Scott, my boss, loves. <laughs> loves coffee. So it's kind of his brainchild in a way, his passion. Um, and use that to give back to those already doing work. We're not going to try to steal work or demographic from anybody. We're just going to go ahead and invest in who is already doing good work. And so we use coffee to do that, and I pursue it very much as a ministry, um, not as a coffee shop who's just there you know, to have a good time, to chill mm-hmm. out. Um, we do that, but at the same time, everything is about our mission, which is to give back to our community and be a catalyst for good, mm-hmm. As well as, underneath that, is also our catalyst for bringing business to downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, we gave up drive through and better parking 
but it was worth it because to us it's like the central part of downtown Greenville is a place we want to invest in as well. So mm-hmm. and, that and interestingly, question. and you didn't point this out, but I know part of what you're describing is in your heart. Part of the ministry is to the people that are working at Catalyst Coffee. Yeah. Every employee that comes in and every customer that comes in, actually on our application and what I created as a employee mission statement, um, under love people, it says that people are our first priority, not a priority. Mm. Um, we use coffee, and out of our love for God, we make the priority people. Mm. Um, and so what that means is we don't serve customers but friends instead. And so I definitely mm. very much believe that one of my most important roles is to come and invest in my staff mm-hmm. um, and equip them for what God is calling them to do. Um and I think that's very different than most businesses. Mm-hmm. I don't think most businesses think that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely don't ever want an employee to feel like they're a cog in our machine. I want yeah. them to feel like they're running our machine. Right, right. Uh, which literally yeah. could be literal. They're roasting right. our beans. You yeah. know? <laughs> they're the engine, so to speak. Right. Yeah. So I'm working on getting them up to speed on roasting because I really do want them to feel like it's their thing. Mm-hmm. I help lead them to lead their thing mm-hmm. so that we can lead other people. Um, and that's a good approach no matter what kind of business you're in. Absolutely. If you want to be successful, that's that's a great approach. If you want buy-in. Yes, yes. If you don't want buy-in, then just uh, yell at people from your office. Yeah. <laughs> if they don't match, you can fire them. <laughs> right, right. But, uh, well, yeah. what, uh, given all that description of what's going on, what's your biggest challenge in your work? Is it, is it people, technology, competition? What is your challenge? Because it is a business after all. Absolutely. I would say I'll answer in, in a business term and then I'll answer in a personal term. Okay. So from a business standpoint, as most people are experiencing, inventory is really difficult. Um, supply chain is not running at its capacity it's 2019 capacity mm. say it that way yeah um so that's very difficult and we also live i feel like kind of in a new climate of when you're sick i feel like that comes with a lot more worry than it used to yeah um but we also live in a town full of allergy seasons <laughs> yes <laughs> so it's also it's like Tennessee. So very much having to learn how to, to deal with that, you know, do you have a fever? Have you felt like puking? Are you, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. so that, that, those are a few difficulties that just happen. Um, as well as kind of on my part, probably time management, just learning that I've never mm-hmm. run a business before. Um, so for me, it's with my priority being my employees and the customers, I also have to be able to say, but I also, I need to get these tasks done. Mm-hmm. Um, on a personal level, it also comes down to me being what some would probably say is a workaholic as well as a visionary who struggles to slow into the daily. Mm. So what I mean by that is I have a lot of vision. I don't like vision. I, I'm I'm out there. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I got... I walked into Catalyst with a five-year plan already. <laughs> um, but if I'm stuck on stage two, phase two as I'm calling it, but we've not even done phase one, 
we might not ever get to phase two. So I've Scott's really helped me, Nathan. That's great. Pull it back. You need to order shirts. <laughs> you know, it's like you know, um, which just for anyone listening who's like, seriously, when are you guys gonna get shirts? I'm working on it. <laughs> uh, so it's not as easy as it sounds either, is it? No, because yeah. they. Yeah, I just put in an order for cups when they don't even have them because mm-hmm. I just got, you know, I was tired of saying, yeah. well, we're still out. It'll be two more months till we have them. I'm like, yeah, get me on the list. Just yeah. put me on the list. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, and the second is sometimes I drain myself entirely um, because the balance between tasks and people often isn't well managed in a way that means. One, like, I can either get to one and not get to the other, but my personality is more like, I'm going to, I might talk to people all day, but that means now I'm going to go home and work for eight hours. And I'm going to sacrifice some sleep. I'm going to sacrifice some personal time. I'm going to sacrifice hobbies. I'm going to just mm-hmm. get it done. Mm-hmm. And so the balance kind of goes both ways. Some Sometimes, like, I've, I've probably been faithful to what God has wanted me to do, and I'm just like, I'm not done enough. I, I, I can't, I cannot rest right now because... I still need to fill in the blank. Um, so I would say that some of the struggles I have, some regular business aspects of things, and including our current kind of climate and learning how to deal with that, as well as personally learning where to say, God, I trust you, where to say, I need to put my nose in this thing, and where to say, if people are our first priority, then... There are some things I don't need to give as much weight. Mm-hmm. It's okay if we don't fill in the blank. So, that that's a discernment that uh, takes time and patience, and sometimes it feels like that you have neither, uh, because things are pressing. There's always mm-hmm. a multitude of things pressing. So it is a big challenge. It's a big and it's a big challenge for anyone, but certainly when you're still in that first year of these responsibilities, yeah. it can be overwhelming. And learning to deal with what feels like people kind of constantly wanting something feels like it always wants my attention. Mm-hmm. It might be a person or it might be a task. Mm-hmm. And I've felt that before, but I think this is kind of a new level. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it is. Because you're you're in the retail world, as it were, and the demands are... are uh, enormous in terms of expectations that people have mm-hmm. uh, dealing with uh, the quote-unquote public uh, that's different and uh, so yeah. it's it's understandable that you feel those pressures and for yeah. us as a nonprofit, I think people kind of come with their own ideas of what that's going to mean mm-hmm. and we love people so we well, when I say we, I'm speaking. This is what I, <laughs> I love people. And I would love to say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. I would love to say yes to everybody. Mm-hmm. But I've also learned that we have a mission and we designate our profit. And if we're going to do that well, I'm going to have to learn to say no to a lot of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm so sorry that you're dealing with this. I just, but we can't help you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if we did that for everyone... It would go down. It would go down. Like, let's say we're going to give a five hundred dollar check to a local um, nonprofit. Let's say Isaiah one seventeen. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the month, I had said yes to all this other stuff. Now I'm only giving them seventy five dollars. 
So I think that's kind of hard for me mm-hmm. because I want to say yes to everything. But also have to change that expectation as well. But do it in a way that says we hear you and we care and we would love mm-hmm. to. But we also have to stick to this thing. Mm-hmm. So I would say that was actually a recent challenge because we're about we're moving into our next phase where it's we're going to start writing some checks like that mm-hmm. and it's it's hard for me personally at least mm-hmm. and maybe that's just the people pleaser in me <laughs> uh but it, no it is hard it's hard when you're on the front line and you're the one catching the quote flack or fire for whatever decision you make mm-hmm. uh one way or the other and uh i've heard <clears throat> excuse me i've heard it expressed as do for one what you wish you could do for all mm. in other words don't not do anything just do for one if that's what you can do uh, even though your heart says, I want to do it for everyone, but you, but you can't. No one can. So but sure. that's a challenge. That really is. So how do you see the future unfolding? There's a lot of physical things going on. You're located in a part of town where there's lots of activity, construction, uh, sure. demolition, all kinds of negative things. <laughs> but, so what? How, how do you feel? Do you feel hopeful for the future? Mm, I, I do. But when you were saying that, it reminded me, it's kind of like, would you like your coffee with with a side of uh, the street being torn up? <laughs> yeah. Some extra dirt in your I mean, coffee like, today? Like, there's actually two circumstances. One, it was like they were breaking the ground. They were, they were doing their first breakthrough, and it was just like, boom, boom, boom. It was like, you're just like coffee shaking a little bit. And then there's another time where they were cutting into the sidewalk near our door, and the dust actually was coming through the door. Yeah. Yeah. So... There, there's some of that, but regardless of all that stuff, I don't think it's really hurt us very much. Maybe parking's a little bit more annoying, but I am definitely really excited right now, especially because we are starting to move into our second phase. And it has me really excited because I guess our second phase is... is We're going to start doing a lot more with our beans. We're going to start putting out our our beans on a few shelves in a few stores. Okay. One local, one in Jonesboro. Um, So going to do that. Starting to give out some checks beginning this month, actually. Um, We are moving into a created catalyst version of a leadership pipeline. Like FCC has a leadership Mm -hmm. pipeline, you know, where you can work your way up. Um, creating a catalyst version and, and beginning chats and conversations with staffers about that. Hey, you know, we may see a future for you more than what you are now. Um, what do you think of this? And are you willing to just move into the next level where you get a little bit more, you do just a little bit more and see where that goes. So that's really, really exciting for me. Um, and I, I, those three main things are super exciting by our FCC's third campus uh, potentially working out something like a partnership program okay. um, that people can be involved in. So all that stuff is really, really, really exciting to me because it makes me feel like I'm not totally failing. <laughs> and uh, there are definitely lots of times I worry about that. So on the one side of me feeling like I feel like I'm working a lot and I'm not getting anything done, Actually being able to move into the second phase is really, really exciting. And a few other things I can't tell you about, but you'll definitely know if, if we 
make a solid plan to do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I don't want to jump the gun on uh, spilling those beans yet. So right. Coffee well, beans. That's... Coffee beans, by the way. When I say <laughs> yeah, spilling the bean, I mean coffee beans. <laughs> Not pimento beans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that is. I, I can hear the hopefulness in what you're saying, and that you have plans for the future that. Uh, you not only are hopeful for, but you're working toward those things happening. Absolutely. And, uh, and that's good for for Catalyst. It's good for the community. And uh, as things develop downtown, I think that that core area is very important to the future of mm-hmm. the city of Greenville. So I'm, I'm definitely good. excited for the work to be done. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> as, in, as in, like, I know what they're working towards, and I know a few of the businesses that are going to be starting up. I'm actually excited for that, but... Uh, for now, we're going to just deal with the noise, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, uh, that's another piece of challenge that's in your world that uh, you didn't necessarily sign. Well, you might have known it when you started, but you didn't sign up for so to speak. But it's just there, and you got to deal with it. So it uh, continues to be a learning experience in that way, mm-hmm. what you do. So uh, we always try to end up the program with, with a business tip and uh, that's the whole point of the podcast is uh, to try to help other people who are either starting a business or in business with ideas that's helpful about being successful. So mm-hmm. if you had to give your bottom line business tip, what would that be? You know, I've read this question when you sent me the questions and I'm no fancy, really high up, smart, exceptionally well done leader per se in my area but there's one thing that came to mind for me that I thought you know what this is this is what I feel like I can say and to me my advice is two things three things I guess and it's all about mission know your mission and by know it, I mean believe in your mission, define your mission, and then the second thing is to stick to that mission. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like when you begin to allow other things to influence what your mission is, or you begin to kind of divulge from that mission, you're risking a lot. You're risking mm-hmm. the failure of what you set out to do, which might impact the ability to do anything. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I feel and how I see it. So if you believe in your mission and you set a clear mission and that mission is what you focus on and you, at least at first, you say, this, I'm not going to do anything else. Like this, this is our mission. I believe in this. That's why I'm doing this thing. And you stick to that. I believe that you'll find success. But I feel like if I did not <laughs> believe in our mission... Or if I didn't believe that I myself um, could lead us to stick to that thing. What is that thing that we do? What are we about? Mm-hmm. Then Callus would fail. Mm-hmm. And so for me, know your mission. Believe your mission. Stick to the mission and follow that out. And when you reach that mission, and I'm not saying it has to be like a five-year goal. I mean, that's kind of what I came in with. I'm like, here's my five-year goal, and I'm going to stick to this, and here's what I want. Of course, getting the elder approval. Where FCC's like, 
yeah, we're okay with that. <laughs> and not like, you're a heretic. <laughs> um, I think that believing that, sticking that, working towards that thing is how we're going to be successful because otherwise it's we're just going to be tossed mm-hmm. to and fro by whatever other mission or other vision comes our way. And even for me, you know, my meetings with Scott are important because they have, they started Catalyst and have a mission and a vision for Catalyst. And so keeping me on track with that as well, mm-hmm. which is pretty easy because I believe in it already, <laughs> um, I think is how we'll succeed. And, and I think that that's how a business succeeds. And maybe when you reach your goal, you can kind of go, I wonder if there's other parts of this that we can add. I wonder if there 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 are some side branches and some some other missional things that we missed along the way. But I think if you know your mission, you believe in your mission, and you follow that specific thing, knowing where to place your hard walls, which again I'm not wonderful at, learning where you say no, I'm sorry, that's how you'll you'll achieve what you need to achieve. Yeah, that's. That's good advice. Regardless of what kind of business you're in, that, that's good advice. And that's a good tip that anybody can take home and use for their own. And I appreciate you being here today, Nathan, and sharing what you do and some personal stuff about Nathan Dickerson. <laughs> and uh, give us a little view yes. into that. And mm-hmm. uh, thanks. And one of these days, we may have you back for some more uh, explanation of your hobby. Right, okay? right, right. Well, if I'm good, and you'll at least try with me, maybe. Yeah, we might do that. We might. Well, no promises, but we might. Well, that's a wrap for today's Business Bottom Line podcast. Take that tip and make your bottom line turn from red to black. Next week, we'll talk with another special guest, and we'll see you right here next time in the Jewel City of the Mountains, Greenville, Tennessee. This is The Stash saying we're here to inspire, inform, and improve your bottom line so you can grow, grow, grow. Grow.